Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the First in Orange podcast presented by the Denver Post. This is Kyle Newman, joined as usual by my colleague Ryan O'Halloran, recording out here in Dove Valley right outside the Broncos team facility. And we've got a packed show for you here today talking the Broncos quarterback decision, right tackle decision, starters playing in the final preseason game Saturday at Empower Field. And we'll close the show with some bubble battles talk. So, News of the day yesterday and today, of course, of the week is Teddy Bridgewater being named the Broncos starting quarterback over Drew Locke. Ryan, you had the analysis in the paper online. You broke it down on Twitter. Do you think it was the right call for the Broncos fortunes in 2021? Um, I think it was the right call for the fortunes in September of 2021. And I think Vic's explanation of it sort of played out to what I thought was going to happen when the trade was made is they cho- he chose experience over athleticism. He chose experience and proven track record over potential. I think most of all, you know, Vic knows this team needs to build some momentum in the month of September, and the schedule sets up perfectly for that. Uh, it was like, like the first f- uh, first three opponents combined to go like 9-39 and 39 last year. The Giants, Daniel Jones, unproven quarterback. The Jaguars, rookie Trevor Lawrence. The Jets, rookie Zach Wilson. Two and one minimum. If they're anything less than that, the season's in trouble. So I think Vic... You know, as much as he wants the long-term vision of the Broncos to play into his decisions, this was a short-term decision, and and you cannot argue that. Now, I saw some people, some social, some some social media jockeys saying, "Well, you know, Drew Locke had more touchdowns and fewer interceptions in practice. So what? That doesn't matter." And you know, Teddy played well in these preseason games, but so did Drew. And I thought Vic's comment that nobody lost a job it was an accurate comment. That wasn't just trying to make Drew Locke feel better. So. Uh, you know, this, you know, I think both guys are going to start games this year with a 17-game schedule. Uh, but I think Teddy gives them, I guess, the best chance not to have a train wreck early on. That's not. That's a little bit of an indictment on Drew Locke, who did improve this month. But um, I think Vic made the right call in terms of short-term gains, and that was going with Teddy. Yeah, the pressure's on in September. 0-7 the last couple Septembers for Vic Fangio and co. He cannot afford a slow start, as you mentioned, especially with this the schedule stiffening up following the month of September. You got to play the Chiefs twice, et cetera. So going with the safer pick, the check down Teddy, as someone like to say, but you know, they're confident that he can corral this offense and get the, the weapons, Judy, Fant, Hamler, et cetera, moved in the right direction. Yeah. And I thought Vic made a good point after the game in Seattle. And it was a piece of his analysis that I sort of leaned on is that Teddy is going to work the pocket. He's not going to switch scramble and throw on the run because that's when trouble happens. That's and that's how, what Drew Locke does. And that's how Drew got hurt twice. Right. Uh, trying to extend the play against San Francisco two years ago in the preseason, trying to extend the play against Pittsburgh last year in week two. He'd done a little bit better job of that this preseason. But um, the, way to, the way to make plays down the field when things don't develop is to stay in the pocket. And he had that play to Judy with a lot of yak that I think made an impression on Vic. And, you know, he said so. He said compared his pocket presence to Tom Brady. To me, that was over then. And that ended up that ended up being, I think, a key factor in the way these guys can make plays. First in Orange podcast, that's Ryan O'Halloran. This is Kyle Newman here talking Broncos out at Dove Valley ahead of the final preseason game Saturday night at Empower Field. Of course, we'll be all over that, denverpost.com slash Broncos. Let's finish up on Drew Locke here real quick because um, I think he will start games this year. Yesterday at the podium, he showed he cared because he looked crushed. And, you know, he said every range of emotion of disappointment you can imagine, he felt it. He said, hey, it was tough going into that team meeting to have the head coach 
talk about the starting quarterback, and it wasn't him. He had to push that aside. He had to go to practice. And the key for the Broncos in dealing with Drew Locke right now, if you do still believe in him at some point, is making sure he has the room to grow in practice. The number one quarterback takes 90% of the reps now moving forward, especially when you get into a game week. So I think the Broncos got to be smart about creating situations for Drew Locke in practice where he can test himself. You can test him. He can get him, get better. So when he is called upon, he can carry some of the momentum he's created in August and take it onto the regular season field. Well, and like you said, Ryan, very, very good chance that Drew Locke sees the field this year. Five of the last six seasons, including the Super Bowl 50 season, Broncos have had to use more than one quarterback as the starter, <laughs> including last year. Let's not even get into last year yeah. and the fiasco against I mean, New Orleans. And three starters the last two years, even not including that New Orleans game, where technically Royce Freeman was the starting quarterback in the Wildcat. You know, Drew Locke gets hurt. Jeff Driscoll's terrible. But then you go two years ago, Joe Flacco gets hurt. Brandon Allen gets in there because Drew Locke's not ready. Then they make the move to Locke over the last five games. So, yeah, there aren't a lot of Russell Wilsons. Or Ben, you know, even Ben Roethlisberger missed time two years ago. There aren't a lot of Russell Wilsons or Brett Favre's or such and such where you play all 16 or 17 games. First in Orange podcast. That's Ryan O'Halloran. This is Kyle Newman out here outside the facility at Dove Valley. Would record inside, but uh, Broncos facility is off limits to top quality podcasting. Right, Ryan? Anyways, that is correct. So moving on with the show here, right tackle. That also has been decided. Bobby Massey, newcomer, winning that job. Over the much hype, Calvin Anderson and the don't sleep on you, Cam Fleming, et cetera. Yeah. It really wasn't a, a – I mean, Calvin Anderson did get some guy. reps at number one, but Bobby Massey seemed to be in the driver's seat the whole way, and now Vic said, hey, it's his job to lose. Yeah, I think that's the key part is, you know, basically if, if you're healthy after Saturday night, you're starting against the Giants. That's probably the message to Bobby Massey. And you know, they gave this competition a lot more run than I thought they would. I mean, they started Calvin Anderson at, against Seattle at right tackle. Uh, but I think for the, for, the, for, the, for the good of the depth chart, this is the right decision because right now Anderson can be your swing guy right and left. He started at left tackle against the Vikings. So I think they're going to go with the strategy they did last year with DeMar Dotson, the veteran. Hey, start Massey at right tackle until he proves he can't do it anymore. Dotson ran out of gas last year. They went to Eli Wilkinson when Elijah got healthy. So I think they're in a pretty good spot having to scramble like they did after not drafting a right tackle, then losing Jawan James, and then giving up on Jawan. You signed Massey. Anderson came back, had a good camp. Cam Fleming was never in the mix. Quinn Bailey, never in the mix. I mean, the fact that they mentioned those two guys it just never never panned out that way. And to piggyback off that, I, I mean, I agree with you. I think the fact the Broncos have a pretty solid veteran right tackle that they believe in or are confident in in Massey, a very good, dependable backup swing tackle who has a good camp, like you said, in Anderson. This is a way better spot than I thought they were being when Jawan James, you know, blew out his ACL in the offseason. All of a sudden, they're back to square one again. At the yeah, with that Achilles injury, it was going to be automatic. Achilles, excuse me. You know, off-site, you gave up on him, which is what they should have done. You know, I, I, I first guessed them not drafting a right tackle in day three of the draft, but they were able to, you know, regroup and, and get Massey in here. And they, I think they have a lot of faith in Anderson as well. And I, I mean, right now, that's the last starting position. I mean, you're right, because, you know, Kyle Fuller right now is your number two corner. They're working Sertan in in the sub packages. But I think your 22-man your starting lineup is just about set. 
First and Orange podcast presented by the Denver Post. That's Ryan O'Halloran. This is Kyle Newman. Moving on with the show here. Broncos final preseason game Saturday night at Empower Field. It'll be the first game at the stadium with stands allowed at full capacity since 2019. So looking forward to that. See what kind of atmosphere there are. There is there. And Teddy Bridgewater, Andrew Locke are both going to play. Coach Vic Fangio said, in addition to a number of starters. Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about that totally. I mean, if Teddy Bridgewater gets out there for two series, that should be enough. Have Drew Locke take you to halftime, that should be enough. And have Brett Rippon play the second half for you. Um, for guys who have not played in the first two games, uh, either because of injury or precaution, I could support for Cortland Sutton to get out there and run around a little bit. Von Miller says it's important for him to do it on a natural grass surface. And that's why he didn't want to play in Seattle. Well, he said that. Week one is on turf. I mean, so. you got to do it sometime. So, but, uh, you know, some drama there. Melvin Gordon, let's see if he gets out there. But I think, you know, for the starters, it's, hey, I don't think Vic wanted them to go three weeks without getting playing time. The Rams are going to send sit everybody. They have the entire preseason. I don't really agree with that strategy either. But, you know, for Teddy and the starting offense, hey, you know, make a couple of plays maybe score in the red zone, and get the heck out of there. Denverpost.com slash Broncos. We'll have complete coverage wall-to-wall of the game and, of course, reaction analysis post-game. Denverpost.com slash Broncos. So final subject here on the show, those bubble battles on the roster. And, of course, you mentioned the 22-man starting lineup virtually set at this point, but there's some bubble battles across various positions. I think wideout, obviously, is one of them with a very stacked room there. Yeah. I thought it was stacked. I don't think it. I don't think it's as stacked as it was early in the camp. Tim Patrick hasn't done anything. I don't think he's in danger of getting cut. But he's had a quiet camp and between some injuries little injuries and, and just not production. You're yeah, right. Yeah. So that that's you know Tyree Cleveland. I thought he was a good shot to make it. Now he's. I think he's on the bubble. Does Seth Williams make it? Does Trinity Benson? I don't think Kendall Hinton is a guy that will make it. Um, at running back, they got a decision make. Mike Boone is going to be on that initial 53 that may go on IR for three weeks. So that means Royce Freeman is safe. That may impact your numbers elsewhere. Up front on the offensive line, I think they keep Austin Schlotman, even though he's been working with the threes, because he can play center. I don't think they really trust or should trust Quinn Miners at this point at shouldn't, center. Shouldn't. I mean, his snapping has been horrible, and let's be honest. Here's the thing, and, and I, I, I've always believed in this. Because people are saying, well, if it, just move Graham Glasgow to center. I've never been a guy that says make another starting position weaker by moving a guy from right guard to center. So have Schlotman at center if, if Cushenberry goes down and then keep Graham at, at right guard. And uh, the Mafia slamming doors. You know, let's go to corner. I think they got some decisions there because they're going to carry Michael Ujimudier on the initial 53. But... He's going to go to IR maybe. So does that mean you keep, you know, Nate Hairston, Mac McCain? Uh, uh, so I think those two guys, or do you waive them and say, hey, they're going to clear waivers. You can pick them up on after Labor Day. So, you know, linebacker, I think, you know, uh, clarified a little bit with Josh Watson's release. That's a, that's a nod to Justin Sternata and Baron Browning. And maybe a guy like Barrington Wade can add some special team value. So I do that, like, down the depth chart in the back of the roster, I do think there are some battles going on. And I thought it was really interesting, Vic, yesterday, commented, or a couple days ago, maybe said, hey, 
when we all the coaches talk about roster construction, special teams is very, very high on our list. And Vic does not want bad special teams this year. He is looking to avoid that at all costs. So if you're playing well in special teams, that's going to boost your value. Because you, know, the, you, know, you got your 53, then you get your 46 on game day. If you can be a three or four core special teamer, that helps a guy like Andrew Beck. You know, that you helps a guy like Tyree Cleveland. But he's also had a quiet camp. So if they feel comfortable with a Trady Benson or a Kendall Hinton as a special teamer, then maybe 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 they get the edge. So, you know, that's you know for for the diehard fans watching the second half on on, on Saturday night, those are things to watch. Not so much with starting with who is playing, but also is there a guy on the bubble that that is not playing? Then you maybe say he's safe. First in Orange podcast. That's Ryan O'Halloran. This is Kyle Newman. Appreciate you listening in to today's show. Head to DenverPost.com/Broncos for a continued analysis. And until next time, folks, take it easy.